Big noon Saturday. At least that's what we thought was going to be the case for tomorrow's game against Penn State. Illinois comes into it one and one into this big matchup against number seven Penn State. Hey, last time they played a number seven Penn State, the unthinkable did happen, but that was in State College. Welcome to another episode of ISN Now. Joined as always by Noah Cowell. I'm Will Charlton. Wait a second. Another surprise guest on our Wait, show today. What? A where, where am I? Night host Alex that? Gilmore is joining ISN now today. Alec, good to have you back on. It's been since I want to say the bracket special you were on. That is correct. I just want everyone to know I looked around as part of the bit. How did I get here? Realizing this is a podcast, and there's <laughs> no, absolutely no way anybody's going to see me looking around, yes. acting as though I'm lost. So that was that was full dedication on my part for no reason. Uh, but yes, it's great to be back. Um, it's great that my bracket is not at stake uh, for this particular podcast. Um, instead, it's my entire emotional investment in this football team. Fair enough. So, yeah. um, I'm excited. Yeah. And don't worry, everyone who's listening right now, because the last time you heard Alec, you had to hear him for two hours. Yes. This will only be about a half an hour this time. Yeah. <laughs> don't need to worry. Um, but yeah, this is our first guest of the, the semester. Hopefully we'll get on uh, some former alumni athletes, uh, alumni uh, of any kind, really. Just, you know, having it more interactive is always a plus. So absolutely. Alec, you're a great start to that, I must say. The lovely Alec Gilmore. I appreciate that. And I, it is a genuine pleasure to be on once more. Love you guys. Love the show. Great to be here. Wow. This guy's going to make me blush over here. You already are. Well. All right, let's start talking football. Yes. Anyways, football, football, line of football, <laughs> football, football. Obviously, we recapped Kansas earlier in the week. So besides the fact uh, we can recap it real quick here, bad. Now, how can we turn bad into good against number seven in the country? That's the million dollar question that Brett Bielma's team has to figure out going into the first ever road game for freshman quarterback Drew Aller and with for Penn State, that is, of course, if you weren't aware, um, which I'm sure you probably are. Um, but I am. I think the thing I'm most looking for in tomorrow's game is how the defense plays. Yeah, I, I really I'm looking for for the defense because of how much they struggled against Kansas. But also, man, that offensive line needs a lot of work too, especially against that Penn State defensive line that is probably one of the better ones more talented ones in the country and in order to win that game yes you need both sides of the ball to be good but you have to protect your quarterback oh that's about bottom bottom line you have to and it's so early in this season that you know you don't actually know how good Penn State really will be to what extent they haven't really proved themselves yet only playing West Virginia and Delaware so far uh, blowing out both teams but that's what they are expected to do this game will Naturally. really be I won't say like a statement game for Penn State, but, you know, if they come into Illinois and just kind of uh, run them over, blow them out, that would that would be a statement, I would say. I mean, this may not necessarily be a Penn State statement game, but for Drew Aller, it will absolutely be a statement game for him. His first away game, first real test of any kind um, in a – I saw hostile environment um, is what I believe ESPN said about Memorial Stadium. And we'll see. I mean, I don't think it'll be quite the turnout it would have been had we had Big Noon in town. Um, but I still think this is a big test for their young quarterback. 
Um, Penn State, you could say there are a bunch of different teams out there that could have a case at number seven. Penn State does look very good, but those have been home games, like you've said, against easy teams. And to that end, I think Illinois not only is substantially better than both of those teams, even with the rough start that they've had, but they pose an interesting challenge uh, to Penn State in particular. And so I think there's plenty of reason to say that this is, you know, not a throwaway game this weekend. Um, it's easy to be pessimistic with how the season has started, but I think there's plenty to say that Illinois could make this a game. And yes, it would still be an upset, it would still be a surprise, but I don't think it would necessarily be a seismic shock if Illinois can pull something off here. I want to touch on your point about pessimism. Like we've talked about in prior episodes, people came into this year with expectations that were just way too high, way too high. It's because, look, you go eight and four last year and you expect been better, really. I mean, it feels better than eight and five really does. I mean, like with how good the team was in the first eight games and considering there is a couple games that went as losses that could have actually gone with wins. Think about if you beat Indiana, (laughs) you beat Michigan, both those pretty swing games like. Yeah, you're you're 10 and even Purdue at that. Yeah, which that was the reason I didn't go to the Big Ten Championship, of course, but. Just with how the team was last year, people thought, oh, my God, Illinois football is back. It's like, hold on a second. You lost to Vito. You lost your whole running offense. Your offensive line took a hit. The whole secondary is gone, basically. Yeah. And people were like, oh, we're going to beat Kansas. Like, how can you make that assumption that fast? Illinois is going to walk into Lawrence and beat a very, very talented Kansas team who returned most of their offense last year. And now all of a sudden, people are like, well, we're one and one. Is it basketball season already? When are you calling for Bielema to possibly be accountable for this? It's like, yes, it's on the head coach. Of course, it always is. But this has only been two games of an inexperienced team. Yeah. And, you know, I, I respect Aaron Henry a lot. Um, I have more faith in him than other people are giving him after. <laughs> it's it's yeah. hard to. To fill a hole that Ryan Walters um, left when he went to Purdue. Without a doubt. Because, I mean, look at what he was able to do in two years uh, with Brett Bielema and with Remarkable. that defense. He was able to get Illinois' first top five pick in the NFL draft, and I don't know how long. And obviously, uh, Henry had a lot of influence on Spoon and oh, Sidney yeah. Brown, Quan Martin, all those guys. But – you know, now you have to fill that hole. You have to fill those guys. Uh, Matt Bailey is coming back tomorrow, apparently. So that's that's big. That's that's a big addition. I mean, based on what we've heard so far this season with the leadership role that he poses for that defense. But you still you have so many parts that you need to figure out. And early in the season, if Illinois would have had two pretty easy games to start off the season before a really big test like this, that would have helped them in a way kind of get settled in, have growing pains while – like still knowing that they can win those games, but you're honestly could easily be 0 2 right now. So I'm looking that at I mean, this you're, as you're fourth and four away from that. Yeah. <laughs> like a miracle 34 yard, 33 yard play away from that. I just look at this as one and one as we know what the Big Ten West is this year, at least so far. We know <laughs> it's not going to be one of the best divisions. And the, the door <laughs> is wide generous. open. Yeah. It, I, I'm trying to be generous. The door is wide open and. <laughs> You're going into Big Ten play now. You played very poorly last weekend, but that's I'm convinced that's a very good, very solid Kansas team. I am too. And you kind of just have to put that past you. Know what you need to improve, but 
kind of play into how big of a game this is tomorrow, use that home crowd and really just take that energy from the start and see where it takes you. I think it's a no, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought up uh, like that. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up Aaron Henry, Noah, because he's definitely been the easy guy to pick on so far. Uh, two games in, everybody thinks they know better than, you know, the coordinator that's been around the game for a while. Um, it's interesting because I thought about this before coming on. Ryan Walters was only the defensive coordinator for two years at Illinois. And yeah. if I remember last year, Illinois did not look great to start the season. They opened with the win against Nebraska, but it was 30-22 to 22 at home over Nebraska. It was... In 2021, did I say two? I meant 2021. Yeah, I was about to. I was about uh, to. But, I mean, I'm just saying more like I meant just first year for each of these coordinators. Yes, yes. Walter's first year in 2021, after giving up 22 against Nebraska, Illinois then loses to UTSA, giving up 37, and then <laughs> against Virginia, it was 42 yielded there. Oh, that's so right. that was another one. And with you at UTSA in particular they ended up being a pretty good team that year. And similarly with Kansas, very solid team. You don't want to bleed yards, bleed points, but also it's going to take time to settle in. And that's another thing. It goes back to what you were saying, Will, about unrealistic expectations. This is a very new team, just like this was a new team with, in particular, the coaching staff in 2021 for Illinois. Now this year, it's a pretty new look, pretty new look squad. I think there's plenty of room to grow. I still think Aaron Henry, I mean, really is a great defensive mind, a big reason why Illinois was so good in 2022, which I actually meant to say that at the time. Um, <laughs> but you when, you, when you look at the big picture, I still, I mean, there's a lot of the season ahead, and it's not necessarily going to be more generous for Illinois, but I think as things settle down, as players get used to playing with each other and just get back in the rhythm of constantly being out there. There's definitely some things to tweak. We can already address from these first two games, but I think it's easy to forget that Ryan Walters, who had a lot of praise last year, had a tough start to life in his role. And once things quieted down, it was after the first three games, they slowed things down against Maryland. And then it was a low scoring, ugly game at Purdue, but it was low scoring. And you can say that's partly Illinois offense's fault. But the defense uh, kept Purdue at bay in that game as well. And I think as we transition in these next set of games, I think we can start to see this defense come together again. It may not be the same players, but it's a lot of the same people, even with Ryan Walters gone. And I think on that side of the ball, there's still reason to believe this is going to be a, a strong Illinois team to face. And going off that, I think this is also a big – it's big for the team. This is a home game because there's going to be fans at Memorial stadium. Like that's, that's for sure. They'll show up for the 11 a.m. game. I know they will. And it's, I feel like this is going to be just a game that kind of, I'm not going to say defines how the season will go, but if Illinois can at least hold their own, like this is, this is a top 10 team, of course, like we've mentioned. But if they can hold their own, I think it's going to give the team so much confidence moving forward, even if they lose a close one. Because if, they, if they're if they able to hold Penn State and hold that offense to less than 28 points in the first half this time around, <laughs> just like they led up to Kansas last week, I think yeah. if they're able to be in the game at halftime, like maybe be losing by 
a field goal, a touchdown, 10 points, whatever, something like that. If they're only down by that kind of manageable territory going into the second half, I think that could really kind of rally the team as if, hey, we're not out of this. We got a chance. And all Illinois needs tomorrow is a chance. If they can string together a few things on defense, figure out the pass rush, get the law firm working, get into the backfield, put pressure on Aller, make him feel the pressure of his first road game, just – there are a few things that Illinois needs to do tomorrow to just have a chance to win the game. And I really do think it starts with that pass rush. Yeah. And you mentioned the, uh, the law firm and that ties in back into those early like preseason expectations, because, you know, a lot of those were really unrealistic. And Alec, I loved your point about showing the comparison with Walter's first year. And at that point, the difference was there were no expectations. I mean, Bielan was coming in. You're hoping that he's going to be better than lovey, but no one's sitting there thinking this defense should be great. The problem was last year, people saw how good that defense was and trusted that this <laughs> the system was going to produce really good talent. Unrealistic expectations. Exactly. <laughs> but the one thing that through all these growing pains that the Illini expected to kind of carry them, especially defensively, was that defensive line. And they've done everything but in the first two games. And that's really what they needed. And you know, tying into what Will said, you need that law firm tomorrow. They need to have a presence early. There's no question about that. If you don't have a presence, um, you know, pressuring Aller, not not letting them get seven yards a play on first down. Like if, if that's the way it starts, I, I almost write it off there and say, yeah, you're not winning this game because you can't just let them move the ball the way that Kansas did, the way that Toledo did. Mm-hmm. You, you have you have to have a presence there. There's no question. Definitely. And I think the the key for Illinois, part of the keys of getting Illinois sharper on defense is for the offense to, at minimum, spend more time on the field. So that way oh, true. the defense isn't getting exhausted, which was happening in the second quarter against Kansas. I think what will help is that Drew Aller – is he's a great quarterback from what we've seen so far anyway. But Jalen Daniels is a much better athlete. Toledo brought a guy much better athlete. Drew Aller is going to be the most true, I guess you could say, pocket passer. You don't see that quite as much in college football anymore, but he's going to be a lot less mobile. That's a lot less that the line has to worry about for Illinois. Now, again, prepare for anything, but that is a dimension of the game that is at least reduced and that can help Illinois have more of a presence on defense. Now, on the other side, something worth noting is if you're going to try to make the stops on defense, the offense has got to hold their end of the bargain and keep the time of possession as much as possible in their favorite there and drain the Penn State guys. And that is something Illinois has really struggled with. I think they're kind of where, when I say they, Luke Altmeyer and Reggie Love in their new – enhanced roles I think they're kind of where I expect them to have been me personally which is they're getting some good looks they're you could see some potential uh but you know there's the growing pains of being in the new system and something I think was pretty telling Illinois had 28 carries against Kansas already not great 13 of which were Luke Altmeyer himself now a lot of that is because Illinois played you could probably say two quarters of garbage time. But also, Reggie Love 
who is not Chase Brown, but I think is in the mold of Chase Brown. He's had 20 total carries this season so far. It's got to be more. And you just need to be able to establish that running game. Part of that problem is also on the O-line. I think that's the more concerning of the two for Illinois right now. D-line has been inconsistent, but as you're saying, well, O-line was – they were second best basically every drive on the field, and that's got to change. And it's not much more complicated than they've just got to set the the line of scrimmage. They've got to establish it as theirs from the get-go. Easier said than done, but – that is the key for this Illinois team. They need to be able to have the clock more in their favor. They can set the pace. That's what kept them in the game against Penn State. West Virginia was around for about two and a half quarters of that game. They were within a score. Yeah. And even at the end of the third quarter, it was a 14-point game, which Penn State was the better team. But one th- like lightning strikes, Illinois had that a couple of times. Lightning can strike once, and suddenly it's a one-score oh, game, completely I, I new ball game. Exactly. Um, and then in 2021, again, Illinois was never behind. Did they go down 10-0? Maybe not even that much against Penn State in 2021. It was never a lopsided game. Right. No. Yeah, because Illinois so, just hoped that whole game that they would – I mean, yeah, we well, had hope. The defense just didn't allow anything. And I, I think this Penn State team is a lot better than that one. Yeah. Like, miles better. Yeah. But, but still, I mean – you have to look. I mean, you mentioned about Reggie Love getting more carries. How about McCray too? He had only had four last game. Sure, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You have to. And Fifteen I, total. I know that the expectation is for Penn State to come in and just dominate Illinois' offensive line because Illinois' offensive line has struggled and Penn State's is supposed to be top tier. But if you have any hope of establishing any uh, rhythm offensively, you have to get the ground game going early, early and often. I mean, Illinois still averaged from their running backs around five, six yards per carry against Kansas mm-hmm. and still only ran it 15 times outside of Altmeyer. I mean, I get you go down early, but there's still like the reluctance to run the ball with those guys was pretty clear to me no from Lunny's side. So you, you, you can't go the most of the game relying on Altmeyer and yeah, you can rely on me a decent amount. I like what I've seen from him so far. The only thing I would say is that he does look, at least especially because he was pressured so much against Kansas, there were many plays in which he looked really uncomfortable back there. And one time in which... What are you supposed to do about that? I know. Like, like, that's what I'm saying. It's hard when it's like play in and play out. I liked how comfortable he looked in the first game when he was under pressure. Um, And, I mean, he still ran for a 72-yard touchdown last game. So I can't uh, (laughs) uh, talk down on him about that, but... Outside of that, I think he's really capable. Uh, we'll see how he handles the pressure. He already handled it pretty well in that first game on that fourth down with, with literally the entire game on his shoulders. I think he could be made for the big moment, but he has to be able to rely on his running game too. And Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you there 100%. And kind of staying on that topic, I did want to mention that so far in two games, Penn State does have seven total sacks and have 13 total tackles for loss, 51 total yards. So to say that it'll be a challenge for Illinois' offensive line is an understatement. And I really do think it comes down to the fact that Illinois has got to run the ball. And also Hmm. running the ball, if you're not going to use Love and McCray, get Caden Fagan in there too. Caden Fagan is 
massive. I mean, he is a huge running back. And I don't understand. Like, I I do get the whole point of playing from behind, like you were saying, Noah, and that could have something to do with it. But to have Luke Altmyer as your leading rusher through two games, that's just not right. Mm-hmm. That's that that's something that has to change. And I'm not saying that Altmyer isn't making the right decision running the football. He is when he does it. But man, I mean, this is not a guy who's a dual threat quarterback. I mean, he's starting to look like right. it. Love. But you have three running backs you can use. And I'm going to include Fagan in that because I'd, I'd like to see more of them. So I don't know. I, I just think Illinois once again needs to open the playbook up more. The offensive line has a really tall task on their hands. And Luke Altmeyer, I think Illinois has got to really focus on running short routes in this game. I think you're not going to win the game by throwing Absolutely. the ball. You have to kind of nitpick at Penn State's defense, kind yeah. of work around, gain short yards. Like on first down, hope for four to six yards on first down. Then you have second yeah. and manageable. First down is the biggest part. Exactly. That offense is just getting a good start, and all of a sudden you're more confident because it's manageable. Exactly. So I think that's one of the big things. If Illinois can find a way to just like get four to six yards most first downs, that, that could lead to good things. I totally agree with you, Will. I mean, just make it make it Big Ten football. Big <laughs> with 10 the football. combination of make it some Belichickian, you know, the short routes, the quick screens. Just chunk out a few. It doesn't have to be – for lack of a better word, sexy offense. Yeah. Just dink and dunk a few yards at a time. <laughs> Luke is <laughs> Luke is um is fully capable of the deep ball that we've seen a couple times. However, yeah. I think in the long run, you've got to keep the clock rolling, keep it on your side, and keep it short. And I'm glad I'm not the only one that's been baffled by the lack of use of our dynamic running back room. Again, nobody's Chase Brown in this right. squad, but – You've got a short, shifty, quick Reggie Love, and you've got a couple of big guys. Josh McRae, his durability has always been a question, but four carries is it's concerning. And to that know, end, honestly. Luke Altmeyer being the leading rusher, again, it's great if he's making plays, but if I'm the coach, I don't want him running for all those yards. He's the guy. You don't want him to risk getting right. those bigger hits. True. You don't want him out there vulnerable for longer than he has to be. And so – they're getting Julian Pearl back is the word um, on the line offensive tackle, which is huge because that would be a that would be a mighty missing piece for Illinois. Otherwise, literally. just keep it. Yeah, definitely, literally. Yeah. Um, so just keep the clock moving. Keep it. Keep the ball as moving as fast as possible. Luke can make those quick decisions. We've seen it already, and I think you get yourself in a closer game when you're able to do that effectively, even without the strongest O-line in front of you. Yeah. And, you know, I could 100% deal without seeing any tight end sneaks this game. Oh, I don't know if you guys (laughs) (laughs) I don't see making any sense. Not to mention, um, I know it's not important in this sphere of college sports, but the bears did the exact same thing against the Packers and the exact same result happened. Shocker. (laughs) Right. But, um, yeah, no tight end sneaks. I would love that. <laughs> but, yeah, the uh, the offense just needs to to have a, a different look. You need to have Altmeyer more protected. And the fact that there will be a lot of pressure tomorrow 
kind of goes to what you guys were saying. You need a lot of those quick plays and just a, a variety of play calling confidence in your running backs. It's just so much of that needs to, to change from what we saw against Kansas. But if we can go back to the defense now, Drew Aller so far in the two games has passed for 529 yards and four touchdowns. And then they also have a running back combo of Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, who both can run the ball really well. Um, 154 yards for Allen and then 117 total for Singleton. So both those guys are going to be a lot to handle as well. So it's not like Penn State's one-dimensional. It's just Drew Aller passing. They can run the ball very effectively as well. So like I'm saying, if if the pass rush, like we got to see more of Gabe Hackett. We got to see more of Keith Randolph, especially. Like it was great to see Johnny Newton get in there twice and sack Jalen Daniels a couple of times against Kansas. But right. to be fair, those both did happen in the second half. So you're down 34 seven. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's almost at that point, like, I mean, great to see it, but it doesn't really matter right now. I was going to lose the game. So I also, I, I don't know if you guys will agree with me when I say this, but I think the key drive for the Illini on defense is the first Penn state drive. If oh, they can force yeah. a stop right away. That would just give the defense so much confidence the rest of the game. Well, and so much of it is the fact that they're at home. And exactly. imagine you get that stop, depending on, you know, if you get the ball after them or you start with the ball, imagine you get a score and then you get that stop. All of a sudden, it's like you have all the momentum. The, the crowd's going crazy. If you give up a score, everyone's quiet. Right. It's like, oh, we've already quieted them. That was easy. Let's let's go destroy them. Because, I mean, look, it's a huge e difference. Look how easy it was for Kansas last week. I mean, they just marched down the field so easily in the first drive and then punched in for six. Yeah. It looks so easy in the first drive last week. Well, you're sitting there and you're like, the only way that, that they get stopped is if you happen to punch the ball out and get a fumble. Exactly. Because otherwise, they're just going to move the ball. And that's exactly how you calm down a quarterback that is definitely going to be feeling the nerves tomorrow, walking into the stadium. This is a big 10 football game, tens of thousands that are not my, not my friends, not my fans. He's going to be feeling that. And so that's another reason, Will, that you're right. The first drive is going to be essential for Illinois. Something else that will help a lot for Illinois case. I have a flag on my wall back here. Illinois has had 15 more flags thrown than I have flags on the back <laughs> wall. There's 16 penalties. Did you like that, guys? Well, it's 16 penalties. <laughs> <laughs> I worked hard for that one, but uh, I, I will say I like they are tied for 17th in the country for most flags, uh, which is unacceptable for a team that has a coaching staff that is well settled in for a bunch of players that have been there before a lot of veterans in there, a lot of veterans that are getting themselves flagged. When I saw Tariq Barnes, this was against Toledo, give up a costly, I think it was an unsportsmanlike conduct flag following yeah, a third down was, stop that know, granted that Toledo was, a first down that they eventually scored on. That one didn't need to be thrown. But you you can't put yourself in that position if you're Tariq oh, Barnes. You've been there before. That so far this yeah. year, Illinois just making plays or decisions uh, after plays that they just can't be making. I mean, they almost lost the game against Toledo because of uh, Akis having the roughing passer, which granted he didn't actually know. Um, he didn't know that there was a sack 
or like he didn't know that the QB had already thrown the ball three seconds beforehand. Uh, but still, there's too many of those plays made so far that are just really costly. You can't be making those plays. Mm-hmm. So, I'm with Definitely. you. Sense, but uh, now it kind of comes to the point where I think we have to predict what happens in tomorrow's game. So Illinois enters as 14 and a half point underdogs. And uh, Alec, we'll start with you. Do you think the Illini have a chance to get the job done at Memorial Stadium, big noon Saturday on Fox? As unbiased as I possibly can be, I believe Illinois covers. I think 14 and a half is a big number for a team at home that, yes, have not looked good in the first or have not looked great in their first couple of weeks. 14 and a half is a big number, even in college football in a conference matchup. Uh, it was 20 and a half, I believe, against Penn State. Uh, just a reminder for, if nothing else, uh, in 2021. Sounds right. I think Illinois, I could see Penn State, as long as they can keep it close in the first quarter and a half, just throughout the first half in general, as long as they're able to manage a reasonable distance, I think Illinois improves their chances significantly in being able to stay in this game. Boy, to say that Illinois wins it is it's a big leap to go from getting skinned by Kansas in one half to managing a potentially top 10 team in the country. I could see this one being a 24-21 Penn State win, but wow. man, it'd be nice if Illinois can get it done. I don't think Illinois has a non-zero chance to win this one whatsoever, but that's probably my score. All right. Yeah. And Mr. I, Cowell? I will build off of that. Um, I actually have the same score for Penn State as you do, Alec. And no, I'm not copying you. Okay. I've had the score for like four days, I promise. Uh, but... <laughs> I've had it for five. Anyway, anyway. Um, so I actually, this is something you brought up earlier, Alec, but the athletic ability of the last two quarterbacks that Elon and I have dealt with, both Daniels and Finn, is part in why the defensive line has struggled so much. I mean, even when they were getting pressure, especially last week, they really got almost no pressure in the first game. But against Kansas, they were getting in that backfield a decent amount after the first few drives, but still were barely able to get Daniels down because he was just so quick and has such great eyes for the field, had a great arm. That was one of the hardest tasks the Illini defensive line will face the entire season. And now you have a guy who, in Drew Aller, has has not really proven himself uh, a whole lot, but there's a lot of upside there. But you really know as a defensive line what you're going to get when he drops back to pass. You don't have to constantly worry if he's going to be able to get out of the pocket and run for 25-plus yards on a play. Like, that's just not going to happen. So I actually expect going in that the defensive line is going to make a much bigger statement than they have in the last two games really combined. I see what it's like one of those games last year where Illinois loses and you're like, man, it feels like they kind of outplayed that team, but they still found a way to lose. I see that game being this one. I think Mm. Illinois actually, uh, they start off rough offensively, but they get down in the red zone quite a bit. Can't convert, end up settling for field goals. I think Illinois actually ends up going for three field goals when they actually have a chance to drive down and get touchdowns and end up losing 24, 16. Okay. I guess, Very fair. I guess that leaves it to me, doesn't it? So this is a game, like I've mentioned, that 
could define this i the identity of this team moving forward this season i did have us go at one and one going into this week at the start of the season and i do have us an, ending up one and two i'll make a long story short with that but i also do not think this game will be as pretty necessarily as you two think it will be i'm going in with more of a i'm not going to say realistic view but I'm going in with the fact be. that I know Penn State is a very, very good football team. This could potentially be one of the better ones James Franklin has had in in-state college. And I don't know. It's just something tells me that Penn State is going to get up early. Want, just like Kansas did, they're going to end up on top at the end of the first quarter, like 13 to 3, maybe something like that. And that might just spew problems the rest of the way for the Illini. I think the Illini are playing from behind most of the time and just are never really able to catch up too well. It's This is just going to be one of those games, once again, that is just not going to go in the favor of Illinois, in my opinion. But they do look better in the second half, once again, after Penn State. They they might even get to within a touchdown at one point in the second half, but even at that, it still feels like it's a lot more than just a touchdown, of course. And Ooh. I think overall, Penn State ends up winning the game 34-21. I think that Illinois is – they will cover. They will cover, just like Alex said, they'll cover. But um, Great teams covering. Great teams That's covering. Right. That's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, I think – I'd love for the score to be closer to what Alex said. That'd be fantastic. But I don't know. I think that Illinois, is, they got a really tall task in their hands. The offensive line has not proved themselves enough yet against what against this pass rush they're going to see tomorrow morning, which is really going to – I think it's not really going to allow Altmaier to run the ball at all. Um, and I think the my two biggest things are rushing Drew Aller and protecting Luke Altmaier. If those two things happen, I think the game can be very close. And Illinois could potentially even win. But I just think Penn State gets up early, holds the Illinois offense to not very much at first, and and the Illini, once again, are playing from behind the whole time. So that's uh, that's that. But none of us have the Illini winning. You know what that so, means? You know what that means? That means well, they're going to win, win, right? <laughs> that's that's what they say. Dubs, I like that. I love being wrong. So I'm hoping that's what happens uh, tomorrow morning. Of wins, now that we're done with football, Alec, you have a certain team you like to talk about, don't you? Yes, I do. Thank you, Will. Um, so last year, yeah. my team, my Illinois program that I really wanted you all to keep an eye on, and when I say you all, I, I know you two are always tuned in as Absolutely. well. Um, I'm just saying for the, for the general public. No, are you going to say something here? <laughs> I was debating whether I should say it. I was like, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> I, I, I love both, both kinds of football, you know, I, I totally just equal. It, it's hard to decide which one's which very one. good. Yes. Well, yes. Very I'm good. just going to talk about uh, soccer here. Yes, Illinois soccer. <laughs> so last year it was Illinois women's basketball that I would say tune into this team. They're coming up. And look what happened. So I'm not saying it's because of me. No, I am is. saying it is. That's what. <laughs> um, but anyway, to get into the team, Illinois soccer has spent a couple of years out of the Big Ten tournament since hosting a postseason game a couple of years ago during the COVID year. They have struggled to claw their way back. 
despite having a lot of talent on their hands. This year, they're off to a pretty bright start. They're four wins, two losses, and a draw deep into the season. They've just wrapped up non-conference play, and uh, that was most recently completed uh, by a big upset win over the Pepperdine Waves, which was a top 15 program in the country two years ago and still a very good team today, led by a highly experienced coach. Pepperdine is a very good team. They had yet to lose coming into this past Sunday, and Illinois got the come-from-behind win to take that one 3-2. to two. Their two defeats thus far have been two SEC teams away from home, and both were by a goal. So I, this is a very competitive Illinois team. This is one that got handled quite a bit last year, and I don't see that happening quite as much this year. There are a lot of sparks on this team, uh, namely Sydney Stevens, who's now in officially her junior year. She's come a long way. She is a star on and off the field. She has made a huge impact in the NIL game and for student athletes. She's a great advocate for a lot of different causes, a great individual. And then on the field, box to box, gets it done. And look no further than the last game. She was making potentially goal-saving tackles, and she scored twice, including the winner, on Sunday. So she's a great player to watch. Sarah Foley is a sophomore this year, always seems to be a spark. She had the other of the three goals against Pepperdine. And when you look defensively, it's a new system for Illinois and they're starting to figure it out. I had the chance to talk their, to talk to their coach a few days ago and she was honest with me. She liked a lot of their new three at the back system as opposed to four defenders in that line. They've shifted to three. They've needed to figure out the transition into the attack. And I would say they're starting to find their groove uh, based on this past weekend. Um, so I think there's a lot to be excited about with this Illinois team. They play Iowa this weekend in Iowa City. History has shown that to be a very good matchup between those two. Iowa is another solid team Illinois are facing uh, early in this season. They're receiving votes, actually. Um, and Iowa City is going to be a tough place for Illinois. Um, it's been some goal fests the last couple of years. And I think this Illinois team, it's their quest right now is to get back into Big Ten postseason. And I think they can do that. This is a team definitely worth following. Iowa will probably be their biggest test yet. But I think this is a program that is built to potentially make a, I guess you could say, comeback. But really, it's a new look. They have a new identity. And I think they can assert that as they push for the Big Ten tournament, potentially beyond this season. So, if you aren't already following it, Illinois soccer, it's not women's soccer. It's our only soccer program. And they are definitely going to be one to watch for this coming season. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, Alec took everything I was going to say about soccer yeah. word for word. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> I, I believe you. No, it's it's the expertise from you that has given me the confidence to talk about soccer. Yeah, I mean that's the only reason you're a great commentator for um for Big Ten plus uh, Illinois soccer matches. <laughs> the analysis that I have day in and day out, I constantly text you about Illinois soccer. You know, <laughs> well, I just I, want to make sure everybody knows uh, that I did not tell Noah to say that. Just to clarify <laughs> with the viewers who might not know, or the listeners, I should say, who might not know how the Big Ten tournament works in soccer, how many teams make it, and is it a single elimination bracket? Out of the 14 teams, every single Big Ten school, uh, current school, and I believe future schools, I think USC, Washington, Oregon, UCLA, they all have women's soccer teams as well. But uh, of the 14 for this year, eight of them will have postseason berths. Illinois came in 10th 
last year. Uh, they on the second to last match, they were officially eliminated. Um, so it definitely goes down to the wire. Um, but there's a lot of talent in the Big Ten. And I also think there's a lot of opportunity for Illinois. So it's the top eight of 14, and it is a single elimination bracket. And it's usually the top four or five in the Big Ten that make it to the big dance uh, in NCAAs. And so I think top eight is very attainable for this Illinois team this year. And is the NCAA also 64 teams? Uh, yes, it does begin at 64 teams, uh, and that is single elimination as well. All right, it's well, time for us to it. do a new bracket special. Ill- Illinois soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had no idea that's where that was going, but that's perfect. <laughs> That's I don't awesome. think that's where Will was going, but that that idea sprung in my head. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't resist saying that. Sorry, but this actually. Would... Wait, what were you saying, Alec? Oh, I was just going to say that'd be even more chaotic. Yeah, you're going to see the bigger teams usually win, but that would be that would be quite the bracket spectacular. <laughs> yeah, and you know the as you were talking, I mean, you know a lot more than we do about this soccer team. Obviously, um, I that's feel like it would yes. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, I, I feel like it would be actually pretty cool if we kind of added that update at the end of our our podcast where just like soccer updates from you, Alec, I feel like that would be pretty cool. It's just kind of something that came to the top of my head. Um, you know, for any of our soccer fans out there wanting to listen, uh, Alec, you know a lot about the sport. You're very insightful. Um, and... Yeah, that would appreciate that. Noah. I feel like that would add even more to our podcast. I, I like the update you give. I, I would love to. And I think there's going to be plenty of exciting updates to give. Again, not saying, you know, prepare the champagne for the national championship run. But I mean, like, that's a very reasonable possibility. No, in all seriousness, though, I mean, this is this is a fun one to watch. You know, you don't always want to fully invest in the big team making the run all the way to the championship. Sometimes it is fun to see the team come back and try to find their way back into a conference tournament. And then from there, winning out a spot um, among the nation's best. So we'd be more than happy to do whenever you guys are willing. We'll have one as soon as uh, after this weekend, after a conference opener against, again, a very good Hawkeyes team. But that should be that should be a fun one. Well, we could always do it as our preview for the weekend episode that, uh, Alec, you provide a little soccer update for us. Sunday will just be the podcast where we recap the Penn State game and then discuss the Illinois volleyball team and how they're not doing great. Um, that's, 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 <laughs> that's, but, uh, that's the nice way. They got a couple sets. <laughs> they got a couple sets this week. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> That's pretty much all the time we're going to have for this episode of ISN Now. Once again, tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox. If you can't make it to Memorial Stadium, Illinois, Penn State, the Illini, once again, 14.5-point underdogs. And should be a fun one, guys. I mean, hopefully it's a fun one. Fingers crossed that Illinois keeps it close. Uh, just looking for a highly contested game that, who knows, maybe Illinois have a chance to win. But uh, anything else from YouTube before we call it quits for the day? Um, I'll just, I'll let Alex speak last, you know, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think regardless of the result you see, uh, tomorrow, uh, you're going to go into the beginning of that game. It's going to be a really, really cool atmosphere. Um, re- yeah, still, regardless of what happens, Illinois has really, they've put the program like on notice, 
Uh, I know they had a rough game against Kansas, but people should not be selling on this team after after one bad loss. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they fight tomorrow, because I guarantee you with a coach like Bielema, they're going to they're going to fight their asses off regardless. Two years ago, I was watching this matchup in a dorm room with a bunch of fellow freshmen. And I would record, I think, every overtime from about the fifth overtime onward. So there's a lot of almosts and a lot of uhs and some expletives from my friends and definitely not me. Um, so when you put that all together, it no. made for a heart-stopping experience. And although I probably don't want another one of those at the stadium, I think this could be a nail-biter. I hope it is a lot closer than I think many are making it out to be. I think this Illinois team, even if they don't get the win this weekend, there's plenty of reason that this could still be a solid season. I don't think we can rule anything out just yet. This Penn State game will be a test for both teams, really. And I'm excited to see it, um, but not as excited as I was to be on here today. Thank you both for having me on. It's Please. it's ah. always a pleasure. Love you guys. Uh, love, love the show. Bro. Love being here. Love, love. ILO. I love Illinois. I and I. We love you all. I and I. We love you. All right. Well... We will see you Sunday with hopefully smiles on our face. Until then, everyone.